This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Welcome back to another episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. This is Joe Peterson. With me as always, Eric Branson. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. We've got a, a fun bonus dinosaur episode for everybody today. So this will be yeah, a fun. So the one. cool thing about the cool thing about this episode tonight is that we're not sure when it is that you're going to be hearing this. This is yeah. <laughs> a bit like burying a time capsule because this is landing on the end of our dinosaur series, which you probably heard a couple episodes. We did the Land Before Time and Baby Secret of the Lost Legend. Um, we did a third dinosaur film that we selected, also kind of a dinosaur family film that kind of fit the the general right theme of what we were doing, um, and decided to kind of. Uh, tuck it away for um, special time. So whenever uh, you know, whatever rainy day uh, it decides to poke its head out, um, we uh, yeah. Anyway, for it so to hatch, we, whatever yes, it's gonna it's gonna it to hatch, hatch on a rainy day. Yeah, man, I can't believe I missed that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so so yeah, dinosaurs, right? Yeah, yeah. dinosaurs. I'm sitting here. Uh, so, by the way, I meant to mention this in the the baby episode, but so we're in a bonus episode now. So um, I themed my beverage choice this evening i'm enjoying a toppling goliath uh brewing company uh, their pseudo sioux <laughs> pale ale this evening so very nice even my uh That's beverage choice is themed this evening it is it's very good I, I enjoy it i've had it before but i thought it was just the perfect um perfect thing to grab this evening so there there's a, a couple of other paleo folks that i know that actually homebrew i used to do a lot of homebrewing but i don't as much anymore uh but one of my one of my friends does a lot of homebrewing and he actually got hops from another colleague of ours who lives in montana and where there's outcrops of the the hell creek formation where you get things like t-rex and triceratops fossils out of and so he actually brewed a beer and he gave me a bottle of it that i was very very good it was like an amber ale i believe um and it was the hops came from they grew in the hell creek which is cool because nice. so yeah. it's like these are hops that are growing in rocks and in soil where there's dinosaur bones and then he it's like all dinosaur themed beer styles and stuff there's just something kind of cool about that i don't know right i thought yeah, it was cool out of the but soil. yeah <laughs> there is technically if you want to be you know break it down to its basis elements there's fucking dinosaurs in that beer so. There is, because a lot of times the plant roots go towards the bones because of all the phosphorus and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. True. So. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a uh, thing. So, I mean, our, I think we're going to review a movie on yeah. this uh, podcast here at some point. You can tell uh, how eager so we are to talk about as this we explained, one. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know what? I am. I like. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll just go ahead and introduce the movie. The movie, the third family-friendly dinosaur movie we picked out was 1993's Prehysteria, which is a Moonbeam, the, the debut feature film from Moonbeam Entertainment, which was an offshoot of Full Moon Features. So Charles yeah. Band's famous or infamous, depending on what your taste in movies is. Um, so imagine Puppet know, Masters, um, Puppet Master, but without yes. killer puppets. It's cute, family-friendly little dinosaur <laughs> puppets, essentially. Yeah. Coming this summer. Attention! Attention, please! The world premiere. You ain't seen nothing yet. Of an action-filled family adventure. Behold! I give you prehistoric life! <laughs> it's a story of two kids... One huge discovery. It must have been frozen in those eggs for ages. And a lovable bunch of prehistoric pets. The biggest terrestrial carnivore that ever lived. Guess we got the lungs of the litter. There's Madonna, Paula, Hammer, Jagger, and of course... Say howdy. He just got kissed on the tush by the king. Elvis. They're heroes from another time in an adventure for all ages. Where are my babies? Where are my babies? Prehysteria. Exclusively on video cassette. Moonbeam is meant to release the more family-friendly and or not horror genre films because they did some kind of straight sci-fi and fantasy stuff on the moonbeam label as well uh it didn't last long it's a mid-90s straight to video thing i think 1993 prehistoria is their debut feature and i think they kind of call it quits as early as like 1997 or 8 i think in typical charles band style i mean he's only bested probably by Roger Corman. I think they produced something like 30 films yeah. in that period of time, but um, was fairly short-lived. Um, I don't know how familiar our listeners are with Full Moon Entertainment, but if you're not, you should familiarize yourself with them. It's probably arguable. You'll get into this argument of people that are into like B and straight-to-video or cult cinema. Um, you'll get into the Lloyd Kaufman versus Charles Band which I don't know mm-hmm. why we need to versus these people. These are people that are friends of each other's for like pretty much their entire lives that are have, have worked together, have worked yeah. separately, have you know given us all this great um, off the wall bonkers entertainment. And I don't know why we have to like one better than the yeah. other necessarily. But you'll get your camps, your trauma people versus your you know, full moon people. Uh, well, I think I, t- I tend to think of myself as a both person, and I enjoy. Yeah, I think that yeah. the you know trauma stuff is a lot edgier. Um, it can be. You know, yep. It has a tendency. They distribute to... stuff that's total crap, too. Like, um, I don't think Full Moon... <laughs> what's funny is so many people are going to be like, you don't think Full Moon distributes total crap? but No. They take I pride in their Moon crap. At least, they make their own crap. I, I was going to say, I think Full Moon at least had a standard for... And yeah, most of it was in-house produced. Troma does put its name on some stuff that is not up to its actual production. The par of its actual productions. Yeah. Its actual productions, are, although edgy and like... They're going to turn a lot of people off. You're going to, like, Troma's a one in four type of movie. Like, you showed the Toxic Avenger 4 Citizen Toxie to, um, 
one in four people is going to like that movie is what I think. Like, that's going to be like, and we're even talking about people that are listening to this podcast. We're yes. still talking one in four that, of you are going to. That is a very like. liberal estimate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I got into trauma hardcore in uh, college and um, Full Moon, not as much. Like, Full Moon, I'm still kind of discovering some of their things. I mean, I saw some of the Puppet Master. I, I, was, yeah, I was a bigger. Uh, I certainly remember, Full Moon like, fan. their. Yeah, their their like catalog being all over the straight to video, like on the video store shelves, and you know your mm-hmm. Doll Man, Puppet Master, Demonic Toys, Doctor um, Mordred. Yeah, yeah. So which Doctor Mordred? Anyway, that was a Jeffrey Combs Full Moon movie, and essentially he's yeah. Doctor Strange because originally Charles Band actually had the rights to make a Doctor Strange movie, and then yeah. somehow lost them, and they'd already pretty much damn near made the movie, so they just changed it to Doctor Mordred. But it's pretty much well, the same thing kind of like new world's fantastic four movie that they just made to make sure they got to hang on to those rights because they wanted to make a good one someday but yeah yeah, but no i i think i was a bigger full moon fan growing up um again because it was accessible from the video store and they had a huge catalog i was unaware of any of it growing up because it's mostly r-rated fare however to bring it back to what we are talking about today i was very aware of prehysteria <laughs> so yeah. this is something that i this saw this is a weird movie um, yeah right around the time it came out i think i saw this like this is something i picked up pretty much right away uh because it was a pg rated family film i was obviously able to watch it um and it was dinosaurs. interesting let me give you a yeah let me give you a quick rundown it's Uh, If you're not familiar with the movie, a young boy and his family embark on a series of adventures when the boy finds some mysterious eggs which hatch to reveal a brood of baby dinosaurs, which is not entirely accurate. They're not just baby dinosaurs. They're miniature. They're actually miniature dinosaurs. So genetically, as they explained in the movie, a genetic offshoot that actually caused them to remain small. So they, even at full grown, I imagine, are going to be very small dinosaurs, which, of course, there's prehysteria 2 and 3, which... um, follow this one we're not going to talk about but no, i think uh, they're like this i never saw those but they I think they're stay like, tiny yeah they're, so. they don't get any bigger it's essentially yeah if you collected the jurassic park dinosaur toys in 1993 yes. and 94 <laughs> this movie was like hey you could pretend they're alive because here's a movie where essentially they're alive <laughs> yeah and i think in one of the other um dinosaur shows we talked a few minutes or very briefly about uh, roger corman's uh, carnosaur series this is again a, a another i mean it's a jurassic, let's call it what yeah. it is it's it's a cash grab on jurassic park i oh, mean totally. you can make note 1993 this comes out uh just months after so jurassic park comes out in may i believe of 1993 june, yeah, june june and this comes out september 24th 1993 uh straight to video so this is right around the time everyone's dinosaur crazy right mm-hmm. so they get this thing made uh launch their family entertainment brand with uh this movie so i loved this movie growing up again it was one of those that like um i think i remember the sequels i don't know but this is definitely the one that i was more familiar with like revisiting it so mm-hmm. what i was surprised about re-watching it is just is how actually like lighthearted and funny like b schlock movie this is like i, th- I actually think this kind of held up in a totally different way like when i was a kid i'm sure i was taking this seriously but there's enough going on here that's you know funny and over the top and just 
I mean, it's full moon, right? So yeah, it, it's full uh, moon. You, name it doesn't have the gore by any the, other name. The, 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 yeah, and but. yeah, I think I've I've watched this because I was a Jurassic Park nut in 93 and this was a movie with dinosaurs in it so okay and it was essentially full moon you know different name but it was essentially full moon and so i was familiar with their movies too and i wasn't expecting a violent movie but um i was like oh cool you know and it really all it made me do is think my dinosaur toys were kind of cooler than they were um (laughs) and and, but going back and watching it again there's some really just head scratching moments all the way through i i do think it's <laughs> yeah. a, the the lead this, kid in this who the kid who plays jerry uh austin o'brien this which wasn't even, by the way a kid named jerry in 1993 is kind of an odd choice i yeah. thought both jerry and monica were a weird name for kids but by the way it go ahead really is i mean this but this kid's actually this wasn't his first film it wasn't his, it was actually his third film he was also the kid in lawnmower man he was also the kid in last action yep. hero and then he's he in a bunch of stuff like boom 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 and then he was in Apollo 13 I mean, later. He's, you know, yeah. So he, looking at his, his uh, looking him up online, looks like he hasn't really done much since 2011, maybe one thing in 2015. But, yeah, this was, uh, for a kid who'd actually done some bigger budget films, um, you know, like Last Action Hero was a big budget movie, you know, Schwarzenegger and everything. Um, for him to be that this bad in this, is a bad script <laughs> and a bad director. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, this, it, I, I just, it's I, directed I, by quote unquote Albert Band and Charles Band, but yeah. their names went on a lot of stuff. I'm not sure who is really sitting in the director's chair. Those are the people that own this company, that are the producers, that are the you know they have a story credit. Um, so it's hard to say. Maybe the film lacked a director. Yeah, uh, most of the performances are like. The, yeah. the performances in the movie are very bad. They go from good hammy to just terrible acting. There, yeah. There's um, you've got the... this movie features the world's worst archaeologist, and I'm gonna say worse than Denise Richards in um, what was the James Bond movie where she played a nucle- nuclear physicist. Anyway, so worst female scientist in a movie that I've seen. Denise Richards looks like a genius compared to this. Got um, what was her name? Um, it. Oh, the Vicky I character got it right here. Yep, Colleen Morris. Yeah, actually, I, I, I think so. that her boss, the guy. Uh, well, it's Stephen Lee's character, who's yeah. the main. Or he's even Rico. Rico's Rico even Sarno, uh-huh. which is a terrible name. In the, yeah. Anyway, yeah. His his entire motive. There's there is nothing that makes sense in this movie. No. First of all, there are like Aztec. He steals these from like a is it an Aztec or a Mayan temple of some sort? I'm not sure they even point out which one it is. I'm not asking you the question. I'm yeah. just not sure they ever even really like uh, get that in detail about it. But anyway, somewhere you know, or there's jungle and temple South and America. And, yeah, yeah. Which um, their their sets in this movie look I certainly cheap, but it, it it's passable. Like I've seen worse stuff. <laughs> Um, so they pulled off, you know, Temple okay, but the, um, so he steals these eggs, yeah. which apparently he has no idea what they are, but then gets totally obsessed with them being valuable, and I don't know, from, I yeah, don't know, maybe... it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's like he, like, he, if you he, start he, breaking he, down the story of this movie, there isn't one. Yeah, because like, it doesn't you, even, you like, gather make that any he sense, goes, nothing goes together. Yeah, you gather that he goes to South America to get artifacts for his museum. 
Yes. And he's like insulting the native guides that he's just like, eh, take me, take me to the sacred stuff. And he's just like mm-hmm. lugging a cooler around. And it, I mean, it, it looks like it was shot in somebody's backyard in like a bad neighborhood in LA. <laughs> it's it's really odd and yeah and then he's, he's walking and he finds these eggs that for some reason are frozen in South America in a cave yeah I love that there's like icicles like icicles stalactites yeah like uh, yeah so he, that uh, doesn't make any sense like mites I suppose because they're yeah anyway and he, but, he um, steals the eggs and he takes them back and you're right he becomes obsessed with them he has no idea what they are or what they're going to be or why they would even be so valuable like yeah I just um and to the point where he's, you know, waving guns around and hiring thugs to try and steal them back from them. So anyway, the the family that um, is uh, the Taylors. Brett Cullen is the plays the father in this movie. Who's he's gone on to actually have quite a career after Prehysteria. I'm sure he doesn't love to talk about this film, but he was just speaking of DC. He was just cast as Thomas Wayne in the Joker movie. So. Um, Oh, that's right. It's Brett Brett Cullen, yeah. So, anyway, there's an there's an actual connection to DC for this. Yeah. <laughs> episode. Right. Um, but yeah, he uh, is probably the only besides uh, the uh, whatever his name. I'm sorry, blanking on the kid's name now. Um, oh, the um, Austin Austin O'Brien. Yeah, yeah Austin O'Brien. Sorry. Uh, besides Austin O'Brien, uh, probably the only other name person in the film and he actually went on to have quite a successful career so um yeah i don't know i mean the movie's not good and to say like to try and say it try to defend it on the like principle of like comparing it to other dinosaur movies or comparing it to jurassic park or whatever it's just not even worth it i it's 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 not a good movie it's a fun movie it is over the top like badly hilarious um you know, it's full moon, so, like, I think a lot of people would try to say, like, oh, this is unintentionally funny, it's just so bad, but I'm never sure that's a 100% unintentional on the part of, you know, Charles Band. Like, they're, they do what they do. He's very on the sleeve about all of it. You know, they make cheapy movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, there's just so much in this film that it is kind of, like I said, mind-boggling. So you've got the, the, the lead kid is obsessed with Elvis Presley. For some reason, and nothing oh against I, I didn't even realize, by the way, rewatching this, that in the early parts of the film, like a lot of the lines he's delivering, really weird. Is I guess he was trying to do an Elvis impression, but his Elvis impression was so off. It's bad. like the kid had never even seen Elvis before. I couldn't figure out what he was doing. Well, what, I was like, why is he talking like that? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they went, "Oh, Elvis! That's supposed to be an Elvis." And thing, what cracks but... me up too is he—they're like playing supposed Elvis music throughout the movie. Which obviously they didn't have the rights to Elvis. Right, so it's just some like hammy ass public domain rockabilly shit, and they're just like, yeah, that's Elvis. Elvis." That sounds like Elvis, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this kid looking at his sister, whose sister is incredibly obnoxious and annoying throughout the whole movie with her whiny daddy Mm -hmm. all the time, saying daddy every five seconds. But no, no 10 year old kid, I don't care how obsessed with Elvis you are, you're never going to call your sister babe. I mean, it was nope. just like really forcing the the '90s. She's her the, the girlfriend's boyfriend is. Oh like, my god, the like Polly Shore ripoff. What's Brain Dead Danny? Was so <laughs> weird. It's just that's like, one of my favorite parts of the movie. This kid actually. is so strange. Oh, I was cracking up. And then up. for for no 
fucking reason. We're gonna name all the little mini dinosaurs after pop culture musicians. Right, so well, I mean, he starts it because it, it kind of makes sense. It's one of the only things that does kind of make. I'm sorry, I'm making a lot of noise here. Kind of makes sense in the narrative is that we, they do establish obviously that this kid's obsessed with Elvis. So in, initially, he names his favorite dinosaur, the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, the mini Tyrannosaurus Rex. He names him Elvis, which prompts his sister to start naming the rest of them up after like current '90s. Yeah, the bra- musicians. little, little Brachiosaurus is Paula. And the yep. the Pteranodon, the Geostembergia, is uh, is Madonna. Madonna. And then there's a hammer. There's yeah. Oh God, that poor Chasmosaurus. That poor Chasmosaurus. Yeah, is that all of them? No. Like... And then there's a Stegosaurus that named Jagger. Oh yeah, Jagger. That's right. And of course, which obviously that was the yeah. You know, that one doesn't really fit anywhere, but hey, well, it's, it was another musician's name. So yeah. Uh, I mean that that actually kind of makes more sense than like you know what is Rico. Sardo's motivation in the movie, and uh, how the hell did um, what's her name get a job, or how is she an archaeologist, and how does she get a job at a museum? Kind of, uh, well, yeah, well, and yeah, the the the, the Vicky character, right? So she's like Vicky, the, yeah. The, I think her, was it Colleen Morris? Is that what we decided? Her yeah, character? Colleen Morris, which I can't yeah. seem to find any more information on. But yeah, so her character is like a, a balances back and forth between paleontologist and archaeologist, but she doesn't really seem to know much about any of that stuff. Um, she kind of just seems more like the front desk girl that works at the museum that flirts with Tom with Brett Cullen's character, mm-hmm. really hardcore in front of his kids, and then and, and not to be like too critical, <laughs> yeah, like they're but they're flirting is a little more than like like you expect you know the the cheesy eighties uh, adult film music to kick in. Well, like I was I was gonna say like when they do finally kiss and make out like or just start kissing at one scene, it's uh-huh. it's almost like they thought they were on the set of some like you know late night cinemax movie it's a little it's a little much it's you know it's kind of like okay i'm establishing you guys like each other but you're laying it on pretty thick and i'm kind of expecting a strong bass line to start playing here pretty soon you know it was yeah it's kind of like like one of those films that never just really takes off though (laughs) let's not forget that this entire movie makes like pretty much no sense but it's still generally pretty fun the thug characters what are their names supposedly they're the only reoccurring characters that come back in the second movie i think um, they're in a in another moonbeam or full moon film as well oh yeah yeah anyway yeah they're they're, they're in uh, remote the other moonbeam movie remote those two guys richie oh, and Lu- lewis richie and lewis yep um yeah they're i mean they're they're comic relief really yeah. really great awful characters like i don't know like, I got a kick out of this, and not in a way that, like, am I going to say, like, this is a really great movie. It's a really bad movie, but it's, I don't know. I don't know. You got I guess you got to be in that, like, mindset of, like, if you're a Full Moon fan, you already get it. Like, why this is a, like, why this is a fun movie to watch. Um, I would never, I don't know if never, but I probably wouldn't show this to kids now. There's nothing in this that's going to be amusing to them. The uh, dinosaurs in them are little better than toys like you said mm-hmm. there is some stop motion animation surprisingly that works but it's only short moments yeah. most of it is the like pretty much puppet toys yeah. that blink at most you know <laughs> well and they recycle um, it's like they shot probably about 10 minutes of actual like little dinosaur movement. puppet movement because i think yeah. i think for the stegosaurus it's the same damn five second <laughs> yeah, just keeps thing. doing the same like they just do the like, same thing over and over again and of course they have to have a scene where they play music and they all dance you know oh, they, all, they all get down it's really and I, so the 
the end this was, has some this weird was, scenes. Yeah, I mean, this is perfect for when it was. Like, this is a perfect movie for 1993, I think. Straight to video, like, the age I was. Like, this was something I was gonna, you know, eat up. I'm not sure how I got through it. Like, even at this point, like, I... I found it really amusing as an adult, like watching kind of a, um, kind of an, you know, a really shitty <laughs> B film, um, like this is, uh, a, you know, quote unquote unintentionally hilarious movie. But, um, as a kid, I didn't notice it being bad. Like, so kids just don't notice that yeah, stuff. I really yeah. don't think, like, I don't remember this. I, I liked the movie. I remember seeing the sequels, kind of. I would have to see them again to know if I really saw. But I know I at least saw the second one. I um, I don't know if I saw. Any I remember of like them. liking the characters. You know, thinking that Elvis dinosaur was cool, and you know, um, thinking they were fun movies. And I, and actually, that hasn't changed a whole lot. It's fun for a different reason. But I thought it was a pretty fun watch. Um, if if your tolerance for B movie, you know, junk is not high, I would. I would not no. recommend this. It's 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 a it's it poorly directed, poorly acted, uh, shot in a week kind of like jam everyone in your basement and shoot a movie kind of movie. Yeah. Um, yep. I will say that it, it's, it's, it's got, not without its charms. It, it's, it's definitely got some. It's moments great fodder for a drinking game. I think. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, like every time there's a bad Elvis impression, do a shot. Um, oh god. Every time Whitey's on the scene. Everybody oh, drink. Whitey. Yeah, so I forgot about Whitey. Whitey is the. Yeah, uh, I think he's supposed to be like the sweet old man, but he's creepy he's as creepy hell. Shit. Oh my <laughs> god. So yeah, Whitey's the the janitor at the museum, and he's just like this creepy looking old guy. You're right. He's supposed to be the sweet. Like old guy. I wanted he's... to keep. I'm like I was like thinking the whole time like keep those kids away from Whitey. Whitey's up to something. Well, <laughs> like... they do a weird like one of those typical '90s shots at the end where they're all loading up in the pickup truck because they beat the bad guy and everything, and Whitey's like, you gotta great looking family there Mr. Taylor and they all do a back and forth look at Whitey, look at the boy, look at Whitey, look at the girl dinosaur makes a squeak noise everybody laughs, Whitey waves a little too long and stares a little too long, it's like, I think Whitey got lost on his way to a, a full moon movie, cause yeah. he's, he's killing somebody later um, and then I also think it was the very very end the last shot of the movie and I'm only going to spoil this because I want a fucking explanation. All this, so, so remember, it starts out in South America. the The native guides are like, "Don't, oh, don't yeah. take our sacred eggs" or something like that. And the it's like one line. Yeah. The guy's got like one line, and the Rico guy's just like, "Ah, fuck you!" You know, he takes them anyway. And that's kind of it. And then all of a sudden, at the very end, the last scene of the movie is the happy family drives away, and Whitey's still staring and waving because he's a creepy old shit. <laughs> Here's this South American, like one of the native guides, and he's like sitting on a park bench, just staring at him. I'm like, well, is he gonna kill him now? What the hell's going on? <laughs> Did they do anything in the sequels with that? I actually think that what makes it the most hilarious is I'm pretty sure they abandoned that plot line. Like that was obviously a thing to go for the sequel, but. I don't know, I'd have to see it again. But from all the synopsis I've read of Prehysteria 2, it has nothing to do with the native guy. It's so weird. It was just randomly there. So. It's so weird. And it's not like he was like a super established character. Like, you've forgotten about him by this point of the film, right? And then all of a sudden you see him, and like it takes a second to be like, wait a second, who the fuck is that guy? 
oh yeah okay that's the guy well that's a stupid ending like <laughs> yeah very very um, yeah. so yeah it's um, really weird and also, it was obviously a thin thread to try and make it into like a, a sequel um i would have liked the movie better i think if they would have gone with that as the plot in the first place like sarno steals them but it ends up being like you know the aztec natives trying to come and get them back and then i would have sent them back with the natives at the end of it kind of like you know the end of gremlins like you're not ready for this yeah exactly i was gonna say it's just like just like like gremlins like with the 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 guy the old man comes back to get to get the mogwai gremlins but instead this one it just looks like this native guy just like arrived late and he missed (laughs) everything like oh shit (laughs) i guess i get back on the bus i bet there was all kinds of hijinks and dancing and i've missed all of it i missed everything yeah and yeah it's (laughs) well the fact that the dad is a raisin farmer (laughs) <laughs> it's like that sounds like I an mean, insult okay. <laughs> and remember who made this movie like you, you have to know some of this stuff they're getting a kick out they're chuckling to themselves as they're putting this together i mean they're laughing all the way to the bank because this do you know how successful this movie was oh i know this out of the two okay out of the three movies we did on the dinosaur special yeah do you know this was by far made the most money this is by far the most successful we're talking about against the land before yeah. time this made a hundred million dollars in video rental sales Wow, I mean that's incredible. It is. They but they they literally made the rest of those twenty Moonbay movies on this prehistoric money. Like that was. Wow. Yeah, anyway, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, mean, how much do you think this movie cost to make? It was, yeah. And so that is like the entire. That's double the entire box office. And I'm sure Land Before Time had you know plenty of video rental sales and stuff. So you, if you put all time numbers against each other, I'm sure you're that's going to be your winner because it's it has longevity it's a love you know beloved family film but this one i mean just think about that this one makes a hundred million dollars in rentals uh that (laughs) makes it you know it's almost on par with jurassic park (laughs) yeah (laughs) considering what they're they're, what they put into it and what they got not really i mean i'm sure that's like that they made like 900 million dollars internationally but yeah but, but this was but still i mean that's a huge success for something like yeah um moonbeam entertainment so it's no surprise they made two sequels to it which i've heard are this is which i've heard are not as good as the original so wow. whatever that means well maybe i'll check them out i don't know i do have a and this i have a place in my heart for this movie that for some reason it just it's still very charming to me in a way even the land before time style and i like the land before time i'll defend that one but um that one's very classical it's very um quintessential family viewing this is not in any way but it's it's a lot of stupid fun and especially if you saw it in 1993 when you were the right age and um I don't think it's going to be gaining any new fans anytime soon, but no. it's, uh, I don't know. I had a lot of fun revisiting it. It was stupid. The acting is atrocious. Uh, the The story is non-existent. The direction is questionable, but it made $100 million in rentals, so Charles Band, you know, says... Yeah, he can uh, say what he wants. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Laughing all the way to the bank, so... Um, the, the man's... A genius in many rights, just like you know somebody like Roger Corman is a genius in, yeah. in many rights, and, and Lloyd Kaufman, and they, they time and time again they're laughing all the way to the bank. You know, um, you may think that they're you could say all you want about his level of talent or whatever, but a shrewd businessman for sure. And yeah, um, yeah, has given us a lot of really amusing uh, stuff like Prehysteria. So yeah, and you know what? There, um, there are some full moon films too that are actually like they're low budget, but they're pretty good 
They're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they're all they're all they're all kind of in that. I know people like to be like so bad it's good category, and they certainly fit in those categories. But they're not really bad. They're actually just good, good cheapy movies like that are. I mean, the, you the know, first work well with their budget. First original Puppet Master is like it's it's a, it's a well known classic film. It was low budget, but it yeah. creeped the shit out of people. It, it was effective, and it had a. I mean, look at that. That's gone on to spawn what they just the thirteenth sequel to that just came out. Yeah, something like that. I know. I, I actually got major distribution. Yeah, I've got so. a bunch of them on DVD. I don't even know how many, which ones, but I've, I have the whole series. I just bought the like pack of all of them. I can't wait to sit down and watch them. I never have time. I'm never. I'm officially at that point in my DVD collection again, where I'm pretty sure I'm never going to watch everything I own. And I just keep buying more stuff. Yeah, I'm kind of doing the same thing, but but. Yeah. I would like to eventually get to those. I'm looking forward to seeing them. And I know I've seen some of them. I know I've seen the original. I remember the original. Yeah. And I know I've seen some of the sequels here and there. I think I've seen Demonic Toys as well. But... I've seen Dollman versus Demonic Toys. Now that one... Oh, yeah. That was uh, interesting. But I will say, you know, it's yeah. this... I mean, so they per... are what they are. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. even listen to the names if people are familiar with, with what Full Moon did. Yeah. Or does, um, but I, I will say this: so Prehistoria is available to stream on Amazon Prime, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So what I would recommend, and, and by the time this airs, hopefully it still is, because if you if you track it down, please don't spend extra money on it. But if you do track it down, I strongly yeah, recommend do a drinking game, where every time there's a bad Elvis impersonation, you drink. Every time somebody says "Daddy." You drink, and whenever Whitey's on the screen, everybody drink. <laughs> yeah, you have to drink the entire time. You have to drink the entire screen. time he's on the screen, and it's the Whitey washout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, dinosaurs dancing is finish your drink. Yeah, finish your drink. Um, yeah, yeah. See, this yeah. We, we should write this all down and throw it on the Facebook page or something. Yeah, and there there is three of these movies. So holy can, shit! Although I don't think Whitey returns, unfortunately. But no, I thank God. Yeah, that was he needs his he needs his own movie. I agree with you. He is that is one creepy old man that's supposed to be like oh he's just happy old white. Well, first of all, yeah, he's, he's supposed to be like the that you know kind old man character you see in so many like movies of that era, especially like uh, the kind, understanding old old. You know, gentle, innocent, kind of spacey. Just a creep. Even from the first time you see him, it's like, whoa, he's he's like kind of too pale. He looks like he's a little sickly, and uh, he delivers his lines like he's plotting something the whole time. And yeah, he's got a really creepy grin. It's just, <laughs> oh god, yeah, yeah. yeah that's see, a... we've laughed more in this review than any of our other that's ones. True. Uh, as bad as this movie is, it's it's. If well, how, you're into this kind of thing, if you love bad movies, this is a good. This is right up your alley. Well, well, and, and on that note, then how would you? It's bad in an entirely different way than Baby was bad. Like, it's, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. This is an enjoyably bad movie. I mean, is so. What would your grade for this one be? Because you gave Baby a D. I gave it like a D yeah. plus. I think. Well, I mean, I don't think I could possibly go higher than a C because this is like technically not a good movie. Like, um, but yeah, I'll give it a C. C plus even because of it, it's enjoyable and even though it makes no sense at all and it's just I don't know we've been through through its merits a couple times now but yeah I'd give it a C I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up there with with baby I'm gonna give it a D plus but in the reason but it's for different reasons I give baby a D plus and like the only thing that kept it from being an F was that it was ambitious um, and this mm-hmm. doesn't have that 
This this is a great example <laughs> no, really. of it's so bad, it's funny. Um, because the, the intended jokes don't work and they fall so flat, it's hilarious. Um, the movie, as you said, makes no sense. The characters no are just sense. way overdone. The, yeah, the characters, it's... it's it, uh, it, anytime you're watching a film and you can't tell if it's supposed to be satirical or not, it's just that out of touch with reality. I mean, it... Well, I, I think I love that about movies, and I know that that's a sp- very special like taste preference mm-hmm. that I have, and then other people that enjoy stuff like this have. Well, but but like, I, I wouldn't. I love when I can't tell. Like I'm laughing at something, and I'm like, I, I, you know. Yeah. And the thing is, is I because I know the history. Like I know a little bit about Full Moon. I know a lot about Charles Band. Like I know his his tongue has been you know never come out of his cheek. Essentially, mm-hmm. it's so he's. He's aware of what he's making here. Yeah, but <laughs> but I still know, think the way that some of the... He's not Ed Wood. He doesn't think he's making masterpieces. No, no but I think so, the, the, a lot of the jokes that are used in here just... Like, there's there's a joke at one point where the, the lead female, Vicky, is talking to the, the dad about him walking around in his underwear. And it's like, it goes on a little too long. <laughs> the underwear thing went on for a quarter of the goddamn movie. Like, yeah, it's just like why? Her. Why are we still talking about this? What? And every character in the movie, I think, comments on his under underwear at some point. Yeah, so. and it's like even the whole point of him being a raisin farmer. It's like what the fuck? Why? Why that? Why that? See, it, it just it's because it's incredible. It's it's genius beyond its time. That's fine. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll let you have that one. No, I mean, I'm still giving it a C, but still, yeah. it, it, I don't know, it, it's definitely, this is, this is one of those we always, we kind of always end with, well, it's worth cracking a beer and checking out with your, you know, a group of friends, this one is definitely one of those. I, I, yeah, I would, like, I would go have with something, a few drinks. I would go with something much stronger. Play, play our new drinking game we just invented. Yeah, I would go with something uh, much stronger, and possibly even illegal in some, some states. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would, yeah, you, you have to. Yeah, I you ever seen prehysteria on weed? No. <laughs> so, but, uh, well, yeah, I think, so that's going to be our review for uh, prehysteria here on the Video Junkyard Podcast with some good recommendations yeah. on how to get really fucked up and find some joy out of this film. Yeah, um, I found joy out of this totally sober. It's possible. It is. It is. Just lower the bar. No, I, I, get, I get what they're yeah. going for. It is. It is. Very typical. They're cashing in on Jurassic Park, just like everyone it, was absolutely. doing. Absolutely, and and it, it is very much in line with with typical full moon entertainment, except obviously doing the moonbeam thing. It's trying to do the family thing, and I think for what they were trying to do is we want to have our style of films, but not as gory horror films. It was successful. It was very successful as as a direct I mean, to video. This, was, this killed in the straight to video market. Yeah, like this was well, and a I big one. I remember renting it and watching it as a kid and just being like, oh yeah, lay my like I said, it makes my dinosaur toys look cooler because I can imagine that they're mm-hmm. doing stuff. But um, it uh, watching it again, it, it, you know, like you said, you, you have a different filter than when you're an adult. And yeah, this this one didn't hold up for me, but I uh, I could see turning it into a very fun drinking game. I'm still giving it a D plus. <laughs> so, <laughs> well. That is what it is, and yeah. since I don't know where this episode is technically falling, I can't tell you what's coming up, but I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Absolutely, and, uh, like always. Yeah. So, <laughs> so but, uh, thank you, everybody, as always, for listening. If you have any pleasant 
wonderful or terrible memories of prehysteria, please let us know. Drop us a line. Uh, Facebook page. We have a Facebook group. If you want to, um, you know, uh, join that, I will approve anybody that wants to get in. So, um, also drop us an email at videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll check you out next time. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard? <laughs>